Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of December 20th, 2013, and it's the best of 2013 edition of the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and it's an unusual show. We do this once a year. We look back at uh, kind of the highlights of the conversations and bands that have come through. Uh, We've put out 50 or so of these episodes, and these are kind of some of our favorite moments. Uh, Joining me here in the studio is... Eddie Koffeltz. Hey, and this is a different show than what I thought, because I was assuming it was going to be more of our favorite joke moments, but there's not any jokes. There's no jokes. We just did the... I was like, oh, cool. We're going to get to revisit all my old jokes. Pre-production, we just did the rundown. Nope. This was actually the quality content Uh that people... We, we want to thank people listening for. Um, also, here's uh, our, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. John and Tyler and Jesse have the week off, and we'll be back with a normal show right after the new And you guys, were, you guys were kind and said, hey, Eddie, you don't have to come in this week. And I was like, I'm going to go ahead and come yeah. in. Well, yeah. no, this is great because I missed a third of the year. So, right. you know, some of these segments uh, I, I purposefully have not heard yet. And so you oh, can yeah. give the context that I cannot. Oh, yeah, that's great. So that'll be good. Well, some of them. I wasn't here for the first So year, I, I got the first half covered. Oh, that's right. And then, and then the, I got here. And then I said to you. go. Yeah. <laughs> that, did you see on Twitter somebody wrote, one of their favorite moments of the year was Cameron's sabbatical. And I was like, I don't think you mean when he was gone. <laughs> I think you mean the authenticity of the front and back end of it. But I was like. <laughs> no, I think you meant when I was gone. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> um, uh, the show this week, our best of the year show, is brought to you by WarbyParker.com. Warby offers an easy way to buy prescription glasses and sunglasses online. They have an amazing selection of frames and everything, including the prescription lenses, starts at just 95 bucks. They have a free home try-on program where you pick out five frames. They ship them to you for free. You try them on, see which looks good on your head. If you choose to get them, uh, head over and uh, use promo code RELEVANT at warbyparker.com and you'll get free expedited two-day shipping on your final purchase. Uh, Chad and I were just in New York this weekend. And so cool. Warby has a number of flagship stores around the country, but oh, they have a couple in New York. Oh. And so I, it had been a good six months since I've, mm. maybe nine months since I've had my Warbys. I went in there, the cool thing, they, they'll do adjustments and stuff for free. So like I went in and they like, you know, because I wear them every day, like yeah. they were getting loose. And uh, so they adjusted them. They feel like new. They're great. And uh, tried on a number of new frames. I'm really excited to order for my own Christmas gift this year. Yeah. I'm going to get some new classes. Yeah. So. What, uh, what were you guys doing in New York? Uh, the Charity Water. Charity Water oh, had yes. a gala. They had a ball. The Charity Ball. So do you dance at this thing? Or how does that work? People dance. <laughs> you could say that. Really? There's 2,000 people there. Oh, they, wow. And one night they raised $4 million to build wells in Malawi. Wow. And every dollar went to Malawi. The entire event was uh, funded by sponsors. So, like, they had corporate sponsors that paid for all the costs of the event. And huh. so, every dollar that was raised, the $4 million, every cent went to the, the work to build wells. And That's one cool. night, can you believe that? That is crazy. It's amazing. So, Cameron gave two mil. Yeah. I pitched yeah. in two. Yeah. You got two. And then everyone else just danced. Everyone was freeloaders. Yeah. yeah. Was it cool? Did you meet anybody cool? So, here's the thing. The thing was let, let me into your life. Take the thing me with was you like right now. Seven, the thing was seven thirty to eleven thirty. 
Chad and I have, you know, we had some friends in there. We had some cool we meetings some things, on Monday. We, had some we, we going met on. with YouTube and Google executives about some stuff we're hatching. And oh, we, neat. Yeah, yeah. Free lunch at Google on Monday. Yeah. Oh, in really? the Googleplex. Dude, neat. they have. I hate our office. <laughs> I, you, you loved it until you I saw wanted, Google. I wanted. I literally just want to quit. I just yeah. want to shut down and just go try and get a job at Google. Google. Like so cool. It's in Chelsea. They have the Chelsea Market. They have the building across the street. Unbelievable offices. And and the meeting was so good. And we we're having a great time. And the 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 exec we were meeting with was like, I, I'm hungry. Let's go get lunch. So we just walked down the hall and it's like sushi bar and pasta bar and everything's free and like Stumptown coffee bar and like no way as oh, much yeah. as you want just walk up take it sit it's unbelievable unbelievable that's cool so we had that so we were Google cool. well, anyway we had dinner with a a, a friend uh, a friend in publishing and dinner was running a little long a right. little long we were in good conversation it. you know right. so Deep we show it. up and uh the 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 event was at the the Brooklyn Navy Yard so they had this massive like 90 foot tall interior you know massive like warehouse building that that they transformed right and and so the way you get over there if you're in Manhattan they chartered ferries so you go to the Wall Street Pier and you get on a ferry and they take you right to the front door so we show up at like I don't know, like nine thirty, fashionably late. Yeah, you know, you're cool, you're cool, dude. Yeah, you're yeah, about yeah. to drop four million. So we show yeah. up at the ferry. Yeah, yeah, they'll wait for our Chinese. Yeah, you're halfway into this, and, and we're like, "Where's the ferry?" And the guy's like, "Oh, it stopped at nine. And we're like, "Uh," and so we didn't know how to get over there. Ran a canoe. <laughs> Off you go, dude. It was like fifteen degrees yeah. out. In your little and outfits, across you go. We're, yeah, we were on the waterfront. Wind chill was single digits. It was so frigid. Anyway. So we didn't know how to get out there. So then another, this cool looking dude shows up and we're like, hey, we know that cool looking dude. No, (laughs) that, that cool looking dude was one of the guys that works at Hillsong, Hillsong, New York, where we had gone to church the night before. Oh, neat. I want to hear about that too. Great service. Yeah. Was it awesome? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so we're like, hey, we know you. Hey, we're going the same place. And so he gets on his app and calls Uber. The Uber thing where the the car service in the big cities. Uh And so a couple minutes later, an Uber Escalade pulls up and takes us over to Brooklyn. And he made it happen. It was really cool. Cool. So, so anyway, we show up super late. They had already reached their goal by the time we had shown up. <laughs> oh, yes. So, oops, we missed the auction. We missed everything. So don't, Scott, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. Because I got FaceTime with Scott to get the credit for being there, you know? Yeah. He didn't know I showed up like 10 minutes before I saw him at the end of the night. But yeah. Anyway. No, it was amazing. It was really cool. And then we were That's actually cool. there for several hours and we went to the after party and it was... It was a lot of fun. Dance the night away. Yeah, of course it was really it was fun. Really, it was really awesome. rules. Yeah. And I'm sorry I couldn't join you. I will be there <laughs> next year. Let's and do I'm it. Sorry. And I'm that and also to the White House thing. So thank you. Okay. I'm done. You're my plus two because Chad's my plus one. In terms of like if you were going to put a rating on everybody on the podcast of like number one person to go with you to like not a chance, where do I fall in? <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer. Well, see, uh, so everybody will just come to the the poor underdog defense. How so, dare you talk about? So where I Jesse. immediately lean is is like who have I known the longest? Jesse. He's, he's but a, he's the wild card. He's so sweet. He's the wild card. He, the wild card. he 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 may try to 
cracking in a, like a joke to like be yeah. humorous and it just not land. He could very right. very quickly get you on like yeah. the you know the government's list. Yeah, in the White House. So, the then, so then I take Chad. Yeah. but he's got the beard that'll get us on the NSA Chad, list. but never get clearance. It's kind of shocking that they let me into Google. Yeah, your Google picture that I saw on Instagram <laughs> looked straight up. I was straight up terrifying. I mean, because yeah. I was cold and I just yeah. I walked around New York with a scarf, a jacket, yeah. and a hat the whole time, and then I've got this crazy salt and pepper beard on my face. Yeah, it was not uh, pretty dangerous. Not welcoming. So so you'd be number two. You'd be number two. I cool. take Chad because he travels well. I know, no, no. know this. We Chad, t- we yeah, yeah. That, that worked out well. I, you wasn't, can, I, I wasn't annoyed by him. Yeah, by I'd work trip. well in a room, though. Like, if you have to, like, introduce <laughs> okay. me to your friends and stuff like that, like, I'm not going to be embarrassing. I'll be able to, I can do endless amounts of, like, chatter and small talk and good, like, you know. Oh, that's good because I hate that stuff. So, yeah, yeah I could, you, I could, we could deploy you. Oh, yeah. You deploy me and then you'll have all these kinds and of things. And then friends. I could just hang out by the wall. That's You're like, great. Cameron, it was really great hanging out with you today. And you're like, I actually didn't speak to one person. Huh. I thought we, we thought we really liked you. <laughs> no, that was Eddie. That's amazing. All right. So, next year, the end of the year recap will be Eddie retelling all of his stories of our travels right. together. Right. Remember that one time? Yeah. Uh, so this year, uh, obviously was a unusual year in our eight year (laughs) of doing this podcast. Uh, we had a different cast to start the year than we ended the year with. Um, and, uh, a a lot of curves and turns along the way. Um, so that's why I think we wanted to highlight the amazing conversations and moments that we had versus like, (laughs) yeah, here's a candy talk clip. Yeah. Well, here's the guys talking about LARPing. We'll get back. Right. <laughs> these are these, these are all the clips of the things that happened when Cameron was gone. Oh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, so yeah, we 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 dove through the archives and Chad Chad pulled together a list of some of the highlights. We're going to kick it off um, back in May on May third uh, that episode. I talked to our friend author Donald Miller, who, uh, as you know, if you listen to the show, recently got married and he's had quite the year. Um, in May, it was an interesting thing because it was about a year or so after he was on our cover. It was about a year or so after Blue Like Jazz had become a movie and by any measure did not succeed as a movie. And and, and then it was interesting to talk to him a year after that. Um, he kind of leveraged everything. Yeah. And um, I did like when he said in the interview, though, there was still a victory in the fact that we made a movie. We made a movie. Which I thought was like, you know what, that's, that's some aged perspective because... He put a lot into that. And he, he's shifting now, uh, uh, doing storyline, uh, both the book and conferences, kind of helping people find their own stories. Um, it, he's, he's one of the founders of the Mentoring Project as well. Um, obviously, he's a blogger and author. So here is a piece of my conversation with Donald Miller. So, okay, talk to me about your team in Nashville. It's the storyline team. Tell, tell me, yeah. tell me about storyline. Storyline is uh, I wrote Million Miles in a Thousand Years, which is a book about living your life like a story. Right. And since then, with all the stuff that's happened to me, really have studied what is it that gives a person a deep sense of meaning. And so we have created a life plan that isn't about uh, being more productive, although it helps to be more productive. It's not about winning or being successful or any of that. It's about experiencing a deep sense of meaning. And a part of this is because in the line of work that I do, I I went through a couple years where I was interviewing very famous people, billionaires, NFL coaches, politicians, uh, 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 major athletes, um, 
and I wanted to know what it was that made each of them successful. And what I discovered was that not not just these people, but a lot of people who are extremely successful and get what everybody's trying to get in America aren't actually happy. And so then I, that made me study what is it that makes somebody happy. And th- there are three elements, and most of them come from this psychologist named Viktor Frankl, but having a project that you are working on that is good for the world, sharing your life with someone or a community of people who love you, and then, very interestingly, redeeming the events of your past. So going back and those things that were very hard that happened to you, kind of circling them and saying, okay, what can God do with this uh, to redeem it, to make it beautiful that it happened? Um, for instance, me losing all my money, I can circle that and say, you know what, that, that's no fun. It's not that it's a good thing, it's a bad thing, but it did teach me that my security was in money and it needs to be somewhere else. It taught me that I can be happy uh, without it. It taught me, you know, on and on and on. Once you redeem the hard things of your past, then you're not bitter about them anymore and you just have a deeper sense of meaning and a greater sense of happiness. So those are the three elements that really make somebody happy, for real. It's not money, it's not fame, it's not glory, it's those three things. And it works. And so we've taken now 10,000 people through a life plan where they sit. uh, Sometimes it takes a week to go through it, but they sit and create this life plan based on heading toward a deep sense of meaning rather than heading toward fame, money, glory, the things that the average American believes will make them happy. So it's sort of the anti-self-help movement. And, uh, And we love it. We simply love it. So we have these conferences. They're Christian conferences, but we have... A diversity of guests that come in. Sometimes it's really uncomfortable when our guest is dropping the f bomb. Every other <laughs> it's like, oh no, I'm having a heart attack here. Uh, but we're just not a normal Christian organization. We, we're seeking and pursuing meaning and truth. And our community is amazing. Our, the community of people who come to Storyline are some of the most intelligent, objective thinkers. And then an enormous part of our demographic are people who are extremely successful. But it hasn't worked for them. So now they're looking for meaning instead of just money, fame, and glory. And it's so beautiful to work with those people because they have the resources and to change the world and the skill sets to change the world. And so we like to take those folks and point them in a different direction and watch them have an enormous impact. Don't do a lot of interviews. That was a fun one. Yeah, I, I, I I've done a few. I've done Don. I did Michael Gunger, John Tesh. <laughs> it's a very uh, pres- diverse. Oh, and the president, president, and the yeah. president, right? When he Carter. Was <laughs> <laughs> Carter. It was in Senator office. Obama. That's how long ago it was. Yeah. So yeah, I've only what done four. Uh, I enjoyed it. I found that I've like Michael. I, I was I'm friends with and Donald. I'm friends with, and I, I I I think I get to know these guys and realize that maybe their soundbite interviews. Mm-hmm. Don't scratch the surface of who they are. Yeah, and so let's just jump past all that and let's yeah. talk. Yeah, and uh, that that's fun. And that's actually what I love about your your interview style as mm-hmm. well, because you you uh, you don't ask the bullet point promo tour questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you usually have a point of connection with the person you're talking to. You read their book or something impacted you, and you just want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. <laughs> I love that. Right. It's fun. I don't know if it's engaging, but it's good. But if it's, I liked your interview with Donald Miller because you guys are actually friends. Yeah, and that's cool to hear 
So now, now I just need to go through my list of friends. So I'll interview you on an upcoming podcast. That would be the most boring interview on the planet. <laughs> What'd you do? Ah, I went to SeaWorld this weekend, so that was fun. <laughs> so what are your things you're passionate about? Yeah, yeah. We got passes to Epcot. Yeah, so that was cool. <laughs> I'm pretty pumped up about that. <laughs> um, also, obviously, this year we had a lot of great music, a lot of bands coming through the studio. Um, the Digital Age, otherwise known as David Crowder Band, minus David Crowder. Would they uh, love that? They, uh, <laughs> they, they released... Uh, the rehearsals EP back in June of 2012 and then this year uh, released their first full length it was in August called Evening Morning they came by the studios on December 6th they performed a few songs uh, which are also on video on our YouTube channel and Relevant TV performing Captured here is The Digital Age Love you've captured me again Love, you steal my heart And oh, when I reach out You're always there Love, you've captured me again Oh God, you steal my If you know anything about the the Twitter world, oh yeah, the the Twitterverse, deep into it. One of the best things about it is uh, retweets. Our team, <laughs> our team, a buddy's uh, buddy's joke. Okay, it's my favorite. thing. Well, a joke. Okay, no, I was say one of the best things about Twitter as a platform is how funny it has become. Yeah, 
and, and <laughs> really it, funny. It, uh, it, we can all literally trace our roots back to the first person to ever tweet a joke on Twitter was Tim Seidel. Uh, his, his Twitter name is Bad Banana. Yeah. He's one of the first actual people to use Twitter as a comedy platform, and it kind of changed the game a little bit. Uh, we're big fans of Tim Seidel's, and back in July, on July 19th, Tyler Huckabee, our own tweeter, he does the, so funny. the relevant tweets. That guy's funny, too. He's, he's good. Uh, he interviewed Tim. Uh, they're both from Nebraska. Did you know that? No. Yeah. And apparently, Tyler at one point worked at a bar where Tim was a semi-regular, and so Tyler has served him drinks. When Tyler told me this story, there were many factors here that I did not know yet yeah. before the story. Number one, that he was a bartender. Now, Tyler is an interesting cat. Can I talk about what Tyler we found out about at the Christmas party? We're talking to Tyler. Just we're sitting at the relevant Christmas party. He's like, hey, you know, I'm an ordained minister. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and I was like, like, some internet thing to like marry your friend? Nope. nope. Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist ordained minister. Like, how many different <laughs> lives have you led? Like, just a trail of... It's just strangeness. Yeah. He is an ordained minister and he was Tim Seidel's bartender. Barkeep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, back in July, Tyler talked to him. Um, Tim Seidel, he's, he's been everywhere. Uh, he wrote the column Life Lessons from, from a National Pastime in our May, June issue relevant. It was fantastic. Um, I think also this was my first show, 719. I think that was it. Was it really? Yeah. I mean, this is probably beside the point. Tim Seidel's pretty exciting, but I just remember, I think this is my first show. It was really, uh, Really emotional. So we're not going to play that clip, but we're going to hear me being. I'm going to play the the soloed out channel of Eddie yeah. from the whole podcast, just being quiet and do then. You, no, no, do you remember that? Okay, I'll remember. <laughs> my, I love this. My production notes to Chad after everybody left, and to was, me the next week. Yeah, was. Did you notice how he was just sitting there, kind of like wide-eyed, watching everything happen? <laughs> yeah. Like he was seeing the sausage be made, and yeah. he kept commenting on the process of making yeah. the sausage. Oh, so yeah. that's how you do it. Yeah. 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 We don't hear the music when it's being yeah. played. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because you guys, in fairness to me, you give nothing. Like, you're like, show up. All right. And then you sit down there like, are you going to slice? I'm like, I don't know how to find this. I guess I go on the internet now. And so I was just sitting there. Yeah. For about, it was about two or three weeks. And then after like the second or third week, you guys are like, Hey, you should probably do less like uh what's happening and yeah. contribute to the conversation <laughs> because of course, and then Jesse's just so funny and I'm just crying laughing. And I'm like, I actually need to hop in and be a part of this. Cause, cause, cause you were going, Jesse, that was so funny. That was I mean, great. That was, yeah. That was great fun. joke. Yeah, Jesse, I love your jokes. I still do that. Though, yeah, like, you know? that's and, true. I, and I always want to find out if someone has one in the chamber or not. As I listen back to the old shows, cause I'm always curious, like, did you plan that? Yeah. Yeah. My first show was a train wreck and you interviewed me and I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know what to say about this. Just we should we should have played a clip of my interview. God, please that don't. Yeah. So we picked the highlight of that show, and it's Tyler's interview with Tim Seidel. It's a better highlight. Here's a clip of it. Seems there's a lot of affirmation behind Twitter in terms of the retweets or the at replies or even the favorites. Like people are people go there and they fire something out, and they're just hoping that. It's like a, it's like one of Noah's doves. They just hope it brings back some sort of olive branch of of hope that yeah, I'm good, I'm funny. Is that something that you've had to cope with? Like you send out something that you hope gets thousands of retweets and, and it doesn't, or do you feel like you're looking for something something that's affirming and maybe it doesn't come through that you've had to deal with? Yeah, I think. Although I think I look at it in a slightly different way in the sense that um, I'm playing around. So this isn't my job. I'm not getting paid to tweet. So in a way, I kind of look at this as sort of like I'm a stand-up comic 
and I'm testing out material. And sometimes things work that I don't think will work. Sometimes things um, don't work when I thought it was going to be a slam dunk. And I do take a look at this, those stats just because it's sort of like a comedian. You want to sit there and you want to hear what your audience is doing. I, Steve Martin in his book about his stand-up career you know, basically says it takes 10 years for a stand-up comedian to hone his craft and build an act. And, and he would tape his act every night and go home and listen to it in the hotel and listen to where people laughed and, or where people seemed to struggle with, with whether they understood a premise or something. And, 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 and he used that feedback. So that's how I've kind of always looked at that is sort of a feedback as to, you know, how much of a theater of the mind can I get away with or how, how much of a, of a leap can I let someone take? Or if there's a current event, you know, is this a current event that everyone knows right now? Or is it a current event that only people who are very much into news know about right now? So is it going to succeed or is it going to fail? So that's part of the fun for me. And I think as a result, um, you know, I've, I've been doing it for a long time. I, I think I've put in the internet equivalent of 10 years of of uh, testing material out and it's made me a much better writer much better joke writer uh and and to have the confidence i think uh in in my writing uh so that's been pretty cool and then i must say that to your point there really is sort of this whole subculture of people who really chase after stars and retweets and that's sort of the goal and my goal is always just to kind of entertain and, and to make people smile. Um, the other stuff is just sort of ways for me to monitor that. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer Had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it Say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any other reindeer games. But then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by Asbury Theological Seminary. Are you called to plant a church? Prepare to serve with new church planting degrees at Asbury Theological Seminary. For more information on Asbury, go to asburyseminary.edu. You're listening to Andrew Ripp. The song is Rudolph. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard the Brian Setzer Orchestra with Jingle Bells. I think that would have been pretty clearly identifiable, even if I had not stated the, the, ban- the, the band Brian Setzer Orchestra. The... No, the Brian Setzer Orchestra. You know, you're listening to the Brian Setzer Orchestra. Right. right. Also, Jingle Bells. It's pretty easy to oh, tell. Is it Bonnie Bear? No, it's Brian Setzer. Talking about good music. Uh, Phil Wilcombe came through the studio this fall. He has a new album out called The Ascension. And uh, he played a few songs from that. Uh, they also were filmed and are on Relevant TV and our YouTube channel. Performing Carry My Soul, here is Phil Wickham. Mm-hmm. 
Jonathan Martin is a pastor of Renovatus. It's spelled Renovatus, but it's like Renovatus. Yeah. Okay. I think that's probably the branding thing, right? What? You read it and you think it's Renovatus, which makes sense, but right. pronounce it differently. Re- Renovatus. I get it. Um, it's a church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, very popular church. Uh, his new book, he wrote a book called Prototype this year and uh, talked to us about it. Back in May, on the May 31st episode, uh, Stephanie Smith uh, talked to him. Here is a clip of our conversation with Jonathan Martin. Of course, the main idea is Jesus is our prototype. And I love what you say that really the biggest difference between Jesus and us is that he never forgot who he was, which is loved by God. So what would you say about the role of remembering in faith? Is that almost a spiritual discipline? I actually do think um, remembering is a is a spiritual discipline. You know, um, growing up in these very rural Pentecostal churches, the way that I did, there was such an emphasis on testimony, which you know sometimes could be a little redundant in the sense that you know people would share their personal story, but there was other things about it. I haven't thought about this in a long time. That were you know there was almost a template for it. You know, um, of when I got saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, whatever. You know, it's again very like um, these very tent revival kind of environments that mm-hmm. that I knew so well. But you know what I think was sweet about it is that it was a way of of rehearsing the story over and over again, and you almost got the sense that it wasn't just for the sake of the people around them, but that you almost have to do that for yourself, you know, kind of rehearse the story over and over again. And um, I think there is a way in which that that's kind of a spiritual discipline or, or a practice. Um, it was an Henri Nouwen quote that I especially love, you know, where he says that one of the great tragedies of human existence is that we're always forgetting who we are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for me, where things started to, to really shift was in seeing that the moment where the Father says to Jesus, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well please, really, to me, feels like the defining point of his life. And uh, I'm just fascinated that that the Father says that over him before he faces temptation in the wilderness and before he proves himself to be obedient or faithful, so that it's like Jesus always has that memory to be able to draw from, that sense of identity declared by his Father to return to before he gets into situations where everyone else is going to be labeling him, sometimes, you know, sometimes as Messiah, sometimes as much more horrible things, but before he even has to enter into the fray of all that. It's like he has this memory of the Father speaking into his belovedness that I think he returns to over and over again in ways that, you know, there are moments that I will glimpse my belovedness, but then immediately kind of go back out and forget it. So, so yeah, I I think to remember, to, and sometimes even to rehearse the story, um, to rehearse even what, or the ways that God has spoken into our identity, I I think really can be a, a spiritual practice. Adria Saad is uh, an independent singer and songwriter um, from Nashville, Tennessee. She has a new album called Fortunate Fall. It released on August 13th, uh, which was funded through Kickstarter in spring. Uh, she performed three songs for us, and again, they're all on Relevant TV and our YouTube channel. And that was that's significant. Our TV started this year. So it was kind of a big deal. Well, it started back. back. Yeah, we, we oh, did it, it. Oh, that's right. And then killed it, and then brought it back. And... Uh, and, and Sorry to interrupt your flow, but that no, was a big thing that was this year. It's exciting. It's fine. Actually, maybe at the end I'll talk about what's coming next because there's some. Oh, there's one of the reasons why we were in New York was we met with 
YouTube executives about some stuff. Am I getting my reality show? Can Jesse <laughs> a reality show? We're going to do a Kickstarter to see us. <laughs> <laughs> All we want to do is raise $10. <laughs> um, performing You Speak, here is Audrey Asad. Silence 
Portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by Midwestern Seminary, a school unashamed about its sacred calling to train and equip men and women for the church. Midwestern Seminary offers undergraduate and graduate courses that are available both online and on the beautiful campus in Kansas City. For more information, visit mbts.edu. You're listening to Carey Brothers. The song is Oh Holy Night. No, it is not Jesse Carey and his brother. No, he does have a brother. It's another group of Carey Brothers. It would be fantastic if Jesse... I'd like to hear the Carey, those Carey Brothers record See, but Oh Holy Night. I think Carey Brothers, Carey is his first name and Brothers is his last name. Oh, it's not the Carey Brothers? No. but So Jesse could come out with a band called the Carey Brothers. And right. tour with Carey Brothers. Right. Opening for, for Carey Brothers tonight, the, the Carey Brothers. Brothers. I, my mind is blown right now. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Carrie Brothers, the song is Oh Holy Night. A few church leaders in our space kind of came to, uh, kind of broke out of the evangelical subculture this year and got really known by mainstream culture. And mm-hmm. one of those is Judah Smith. Judah is a pastor of uh, City Church in Seattle and launched a book this year called Jesus Is... But he's probably best known for being, um, and probably much to his chagrin, uh, best known for this, being Justin Bieber's pastor. Um, Justin tweets about him a lot and posts Instagram pictures and 
stuff like that. And, and, and it brought kind of to the national awareness the fact that there's a handful of these guys that are behind the scenes actually ministering to a lot of the uh, entertainers and athletes out there. Carl Lentz would be one of these guys, uh, Judah Smith, who they're very close mm-hmm. friends, Rich Wilkerson Jr. down in Miami. Um, is also in that kind of circle. And, and and Judah, while he's pastoring in Seattle, actually started a Bible study meeting in uh, L.A. to reach out specifically to people in that industry. And and a lot of uh, cele- celebrities are coming to know the Lord. And the cool thing about this is I know these guys. I know Carl. I know Judah. And, you know, I guess the perception might be that it looks like pastors are wanting to hang out with famous people. And, you know, snap selfies and stuff like that. And that couldn't be further from the truth for these two guys in particular. I can't speak for everybody, but I know them. Their hearts are completely missionally focused about reaching people and letting them know about Jesus. Right. And when they're with these guys, they are there ministering to them, right. challenging them, discipling them. They are not there to hang out and get access and, you know, by the pool. I mean, right. they, that's just not at it at all. Right. And... I know what perception could look like when Justin Bieber, you know, get has however many millions of Instagram followers and he's posting pictures of him and Judah hanging out. But the fact is, is I'm so thankful that people with high integrity and high character who are sold out to the Lord mm-hmm. are being used in this way. I mean, we have had some, you know, uh, professional athletes and people of celebrity at our church and it's actually a lot harder because you want to guarantee them like, hey, I'm not I'm not in it for courtside. I'm not in it like I, I care about you just like I care about everybody here in the flock. And it, you got to earn that trust almost by backing off of all of the perceived perks. Like and so when there's, you know, people, you know, when Justin Bieber is tweeting a picture, I can assure you like Judah's not out clubbing with him all night. He came in. They talked. They shared a little life together. They do what every other pastor does. It's, right. a, it's a visit. It's a lunch. It's a, you know. And it meant a lot to that person yeah. because it's probably not a normal interaction that they have. Right. And so they want people to know, like, man. That I mean, was real. Yeah. Bieber, right. In- I, I mean, if you read anything that Bieber's ever said about Judah Smith, it's, this is my pastor. This is this this book changed my life. This, da, da, da. And, and now it's full circle. He came, he came out with uh, Jesus Is, is the book that actually kind of prompted all this. And mm-hmm. it really blew up this year, largely because Justin Bieber told everybody to go buy it. And uh, great. there you go. So Stephanie Smith uh, talked to him back in March, March 8th. Here is a clip of Stephanie's conversation with Judah Smith. Why do you think that in our version of Christianity today, we keep coming back to this idea of a clean cut Jesus and a clean cut gospel because there seems to be a disconnect. I think it's cleaner. I think that's a, to use the word you just used. I just think it's cleaner. I think it's uh, it's logical. It's cleaner. It's neater. It's calculated. I think the greatest illusion in all of human history is control. We actually think we're in control, and mm-hmm. we think we can control our outcome. We think we can control our life, and so we love it. We, we're addicted to control more than anything else. And so if, if, if Jesus is, he's calculated, he's clean, everything's clear, there's no blurry lines, there's no messes, then it, 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 it feeds that inner need for, I'm in control, everything's good, but then there's tragedy and there's pain, and the message of grace assumes a horrible mess. 
it assumes、mm-hmm. a horrible mess. There's a mess in society, and saving people is messy business.、Mm-hmm. It's 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 chaotic. It can't be scheduled. It can't be controlled. It's real people. Well, these are not robots. We're not. We're all wired differently. We each have a unique soul, and we're very unique individuals. And、um, Jesus, obviously, is God, the Savior of the universe. Did not come for a clean, calculated approach. He came in the mess of it all, and he got dirty, but was not afraid to be associated. Was not afraid to be. Well, you're. Oh, you're on that side, or you're with, or you support that person, or you can you condone their activities. He just he wasn't concerned with any of that. He was very, very passionately invested, to say the very least, as he put on skin and bone as、mm-hmm. God. The truth is, the Pharisees and Sadducees grew up from a premise that, you know, dirty always affects clean. But、mm-hmm. Jesus came, and for the first time, the new, the new, the whole New Testament narrative is that the the dirty now can be made clean. And the woman、mm-hmm. with the issue of blood, she touches the hem of his garment. That was that was unlawful because unclean affects clean. But when the unclean touched the clean, the unclean became clean. Hmm. Which tells us now that the gospel, in its nature, in its essence, is far more contagious than even sin itself. And I believe with all my heart that righteousness is contagious, more so than even sin.、Hmm. And、um, there's a whole message there. I, I don't mean to be preaching. I'm just so pumped about this. But,、uh, <laughs> anyways. Sugar in the high lows.、Uh, Came through. It's probably about a year ago. Actually, we aired it on January fourth, but they、mm-hmm. were here last winter and performed. I'm, you know, I, I missed three months of them, but so of all the relevant TV performances, this is among my favorites.、Uh, just them live, the band, this retro rock, and it was just a lot of fun. Sugar in the Hilo's album is a、uh, self-titled、uh, the de- debut, and they're working on their second one now.、Um, it's just vintage and awesome. Old school rock and roll. You need to check it out.、Uh, performing, I've got you covered. Here is Sugar in the Highlows. I've got you covered. So go ahead and sleep tonight. Not like the others. See in time. There's no need to worry. If you need a warm bed, just use mine. 'Cause I've got you covered. I've been. 
This year, uh, some big news happened when uh, Alan Chambers, the president of Exodus International, an ex-gay Christian organization, um, dis- announced he was shutting it down. Um, national media picked it up and ran with it. Um, the gay community jumped on the story. Um, and we did do. <laughs> we wanted to hear why. We wanted to get to the bottom of it. And what ensued was uh, Alan came to our, our studio. We actually filmed the conversation that Eddie had with him. And he, I think you guys talked for pushing two hours. Which is funny because I finished it and you were sitting there and I was like, okay, how long do we go? Because I thought like maybe I had 30 minutes under my belt. And you're like, you just talked for two hours. Two hours. And like, we needed huh. eight minutes. So, Because <laughs> well, he's just so engaging. And I mean, what he is doing, I've never heard of anyone doing. It's just so fascinating to hear. It, I, I love him. It yeah. It's great to hear. Obviously, we couldn't uh, broadcast the entire two hours, but, I th- but there are multiple parts of the uh, interview that, that we did put online. I think there's a six part, five or six-part yeah. uh, interview series that's at our YouTube channel, also at Relevant.TV. Um, here on the podcast, we played a clip. Uh, part of the conversation also appeared in the magazine. I mean, yeah. this, this was a powerful conversation. Yeah. Um, so here is a piece of Eddie's interview with Alan Chambers.
strikes me how that message worked for you. I mean, it feels like God was moving you towards Leslie before you guys were even close to knowing each other. Like, yeah. there was this movement towards each other. But for some people, as you've said, it was incredibly damaging. The conversion therapy, the, and I know that Exodus is a private entity in different areas, and so there was a, a spectrum of intensity to how people would engage with Exodus. But generally, the message was, you can change. You are not right as you are. Um, for you, that seemed to work. Why, does it, why did it work for you, and why does it not work for other people? Well, you know, I, I think it, it depends on what you mean by working. You know, I, I look at my life and I think my story is my story. Mm-hmm. It is it is an absolute God story. Right. It's it's a, an amazing story that I think we ran with. You know, and it is other people's stories. You know, mine's not the only story. Right. Um, mine's not the the unique story within right. Exodus. It right. is one of of a number of amazing stories right. where. Something did change right. um, where marriage was possible, not just something we chose to right. um, to appease or pacify or as a second option, mm-hmm. but as the main option that um, is the best part of my earthly life and yet mm-hmm. i wouldn 't say exodus worked mm-hmm. for me in that regard. I think exodus helped me, mm-hmm. and I think exodus was a community and a place that the church should have been for me. Um, but I think it, it didn't work for a lot of people because our, the message we ran with was really not the, the, the main message of, of the gospel, um, the main message of, of who God is and what he wants for all of us. Um, the main message of, of Exodus was one that really was by default taken on because the church wasn't doing what the church was called to do. And it became really a, a counterfeit message, really, of the church or a detour from the main message of what I think the church is. But it was, it was, uh, it was the thing we found the most support in from the church. And we're a group of people who were ostracized and marginalized, you know, mostly people from the church who were looking for support and affirmation and encouragement. And the support and the affirmation and the encouragement and the promotion that we got from the church was change is possible. You run with that message and we'll support you. It's neat and it's tidy. So we ran with it. Um, it's not to say that it wasn't true in our lives. But the reason it didn't work is because we promoted my story as the story. Mm. We promoted marriage and heterosexuality and wholeness and change right. um, ambiguously right. um, as the message of, of Exodus and the message of, of Jesus for gay people. Right. And I think the reason it didn't work is because that's not the message of Jesus for right. gay people. The message of Jesus for gay people is the same as the message for straight people and anybody else. Um, and that is... I can have a relationship with anyone. Mm-hmm. Jesus died for all of us or he died for none of us. And you don't give your heart to Jesus thinking that it's going to be all better. Um, those who are in Christ are a new creation. That doesn't mean you're never going to have a struggle again. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean life isn't going to be hell on earth for you. Mm-hmm. Um, John sixteen thirty three says it so well. In this world, you will have trouble. Mm-hmm. Why don't we lead with that verse? Man, this is going to be pure crap at times mm-hmm. on planet earth. And yet... In me, you can have peace. In me, you can find life. In the midst of your 
very messy, very difficult, very confusing, painful situation, I am still God. I am still with you. You can have peace and we'll get through this. Joyful all the nations rise Join the triumph of the skies With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem by highest heaven adore Christ the everlasting Lord You're listening to Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors and it can be in that he lives by melodious folk you know just invite the neighbors over they could all sing uh, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors the song is Hark the Herald Angels Sing Never heard it <laughs> <laughs> Next <laughs> Jingle Bell Rock Jingle Bell Rock everyone. Um I suggested today in our worship planning meeting that they play Jingle Bells during the communion set this weekend. <laughs> and I tried to I tried to deliver it really seriously, and Andy, Andy our kind of lead guy, just kind of gave me a look for a second like, oh, I'm going to have to figure out how to tell you you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I let him in. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Jars of Clay released a new album this year, and it was a new direction for them. Uh, they kind of returned to their roots as an independent band. Uh, they, they, they got out of their... CCM music contract and decided to try it on their own, which is kind of cool after it's been pushing 20 years. When did their first one come out? 93? Like 90. No, five. Five. 95. Right around the time Jesus Freak came out. I remember buying both of those albums right around that same time. Now let's get into that. No, let's not get okay. into that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Hey, maybe we need to maybe do a 20 year anniversary concert with Jars, like do something oh, yeah. with them. That would cool. be fun. Because we'd have a year plus, a year and a half to put it together. Totally. Spring of 15. Eddie's uh, old college cover band could come out and play Flood. God, it's so good. Get our loop our loop pedal back in. <laughs> Get those loops going. <laughs> well, Jars, uh, their new album is called Inland, and uh, they came through the studio this fall. On our September 13th episode, they performed three songs. You can, again, see them all on our YouTube channel and over at Relevant.tv. Here is Charles Clay performing Loneliness and Alcohol. Bye. 
shadows out to sea and watch them float away. Oh, tell me of the world you're leaving. Why you swinging like a wrecking ball? Bury all your love in secret. The loneliness in In the dirt, in careful rows. Let your doubt unravel all their, all their pretty bows. It's your heart, it's broken by the things you love. But it's not enough to change the weather. Tell me of the world you're leaving. Why you're swinging like a wrecking ball? Bury all your love in secret. In loneliness, it
Jeremy Courtney is the founder and executive director of the Preemptive Love Coalition, a development organization based in Iraq that provides life-saving heart surgeries to Iraqi children and training for local doctors and nurses, creating peace between communities at odds. He wrote a book this year called Preemptive Love, Pursuing Peace One Heart at a Time, which tells a lot of that story. It's a really challenging book. It's really cool. I think my I think probably my favorite book of this year. Really? Yeah. And you know you have to read it because about like, the Bible. Never read it. Okay. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but his book it's beautiful. An incredible memoir of what's going on there. It's super Amazing. challenging. I love it. Uh, on our October eleventh episode, right in the thick when I was gone, uh, Eddie spoke to him. Here, here is a piece of Eddie's interview with Jeremy Courtney. So tell me about the the state of as the story progresses, and again, I, I really want people to dig into uh, this book and devour this book um, because it talks about the progress from that chance meeting uh, in in a lobby to another chance meeting in a lobby, which really there's no chance at all with this. It was very clear that there was a trajectory set out before you that you were walking into. Um, but tell us about it now. What does the Preemptive Love Coalition do now? Why do you all exist? Well, it turns out that that, that first chai guy was right. There wasn't a doctor or a hospital in all of Iraq to save that little girl's life. And so we began early on with the revenues from these shoe sales and with donations, sending kids outside the country for surgery. There were some nearby countries that um, that helped out early on, which is factors in heavily to the narrative of the book. And we did that for a number of years. We exported the problem, basically, so that someone else could fix it in a hospital that was first rate outside the country. And we we spent a lot of money and saved a, a few lives, you know, about 40, 45 lives we were able to save doing it that way. But um, we realized after some time, Iraq is no better off. Now, mind you, we... We had no background in development. We had no background in this, this long-running conversation about international aid, charity, development, social entrepreneurship. We, we were just trying to respond to one girl, and one thing led to another. And then we find ourselves with a, hundreds of thousands of dollars and tens of thousands of kids who need help. And we're just trying to figure this out along the way. So, you know, we were literally reading Relevant Magazine, trying to figure out what to do next. We were scouring the internet, reading as much as we could on international development, trying to figure out what the best practice was. And after after trying our best for a couple of years, we realized our model is not right. Um, people like it. People love the fact that they can choose one child and send that one child out to surgery. But it's, it's wrong. It's just not what's in Iraq's best interest. Hmm. It, it serves us well. Uh, it makes our organization work well, but it doesn't serve Iraq. And so we put a full stop to everything that we were doing and, and basically reinvented the organization to import solutions rather than export problems. So what, what does that look like now? Yeah, so now it means that uh, since 2010, we decided that the only way forward for Iraq is if the Iraqi doctors and nurses learn how to do these complicated heart surgeries on their own, that if we're really looking at tens of thousands of kids across the country, if something like 10, 11,000 new children every year are being born into Iraq with these life-threatening heart defects, hmm. and Iraq is doing very, very little to be able to uh, heal the ones that were already in existence from years prior, hmm. that 
We have to help Iraqis after all these decades of dictatorship and war and sanctions. Have to help them relearn this process of how to do heart surgery. So we bring in medical teams from across the world to be at the operating table with Iraqis, operating on Iraqi kids.、Uh, sometimes our doctors are in the lead, doing education.、Uh, sometimes our doctors are standing behind them as a safety net, saying, "You can do it. Do what you know. Get in there. Figure it out." I'm here for you if if you need help. Wow.、Um, so increasingly, we're trying to push Iraqi doctors and nurses、uh, out so that they do these things on their own, and we create centers of competency across the country that can solve this problem going forward. Hillsong United is a worship band that you probably have heard of. They. Came, see their Zion tour. They they came out with an album this year called Zion, and then they did a tour, two part tour across the U.S. called Welcome Zion, and it was stunning. I mean, it was stunning. They played the Hollywood Bowl. They played Red Rocks. They did. I mean, it was just unbelievable. That's cool. And we caught them when they came through Florida. It was the second to last date of the tour, and、uh, they performed two songs for us、uh, at the venue actually、uh, while. While everybody, everything was getting set up、That's、in the、cool. Lexus Lounge of、yeah. the venue. That's funny. <laughs> was it a basketball? Where was it at? Amway. It was uh, no the uh, Tampa time, Times, right? Tam-、uh, Tampa Time Forum. The Lightning Hockey, hockey Arena team plays there. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw new kids on the block there. I'm <laughs>、um, sorry, what? I saw new kids on the block there. Danny, Donnie, Joe, Jordan, John. I was this, a big fan <laughs> this year. <laughs> uh, didn't was, they come back this year? Yeah, I did not. It was during the original. Oh, okay. So how how old were you? Yeah, I mean, I think I was probably twenty eight. <laughs> no, I don't know how old I was. I was like, I was like in fourth grade or something. Okay, because new kids on the block were huge when I was in seventh grade because all the girls were into seventh grade. So I mean, yeah, and some dudes were too. <laughs> and you would you're like five years younger than me, I think. I guess yeah, thirty、so、three right now. So, I'm in my Jesus year. Okay, so four years younger than me. So you would have been in third grade. Third, fourth grade, yeah, yeah. it、Perfect. seems fourth grade, right? Yeah. yeah, so it was cool. Yeah, I've seen a lot of concerts there. I grew up in that area, so real cool place. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, it's funny not having Jesse because usually I get to just jump off the ledge and then Jesse makes fun of me and then I come back in for the rebound, you know. But you just sit here alone <laughs> and saying your own stupid things about your life. <laughs> so、uh, yeah, so the song you're about to hear is. Probably in in the pantheon of music that we've recorded,、yeah. among the the top, yeah, for me, it was、mm-hmm. me too. I as I was listening to the podcast, this only appeared a couple weeks ago on the December thirteenth episode, maybe last week. I, I I stopped it and rewound it and stopped it, and rewound it, and listened to this several times, and then started to feel really bad that we. Ruined it by making people sit through us talking for forty five minutes before it played. This was a highlight of the year for me, you know. And、uh, so we saw Joel Houston this weekend at Hillsong Church, and,、yeah. and he said, "Hey, how, how did how did it all turn out?" And I said, "Well, he actually it went up on the podcast、yeah, this Friday. Yeah, yeah, it just happened, and man, it was amazing. It was just amazing." And and I said, and, and I apologize to him for <laughs> murking it up with our own. I'll tell you though, like I wasn't on the podcast and this、um, past one, and I but I was listening back to it and like you know I was just like in my garage doing something you know and listening to it and hearing them start to play like it was like a very deeply worshipful moment with almost no context before or after it. I mean their music is really transcendent. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's、uh, it was great. So performing a stripped down acoustic version, which I loved.、Uh-huh. Oh, I loved it. Here is Hillsong United with Oceans. 
There, there were a lot more highlights this year and a couple low lights too. Again, candy talk and LARPing. <laughs> LARPing. DC so, Talk reunion is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Me coming. and Jesse talking about, uh, uh, what was that, Cake Boss? Cake Boss for <laughs> quite a while. <laughs> Again, all things that happened during my sabbatical. Boys, so. All the Boys of Summer stuff was yeah, great. Boys yeah, of Summer was yeah. fun. Yeah. I took over the slide whistle for a while. Did you really? Yeah. I did, yeah. And Calvin came back for Calvin a little came while. Back for a little Sweet bit. Calvin. Tyler came back, then we booted him again. John yeah. Nightcuff joined the cast. And, and then we're, yeah. So we got to figure out how to get the female voice back. We have some ideas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a segue. He's been carrying the, the, the torch here. Yeah. And I appreciate everybody that's recognized my contribution. <laughs> To the female <laughs> perspective, perspective. You're just yeah. so sensitive. You I just, you, just you really care deeply. Every woman who's listening is like, "That's not what we meant." But female <laughs> voice. <laughs> like, so, you know. so we, you know, looking forward. We we definitely have a few more tweaks in mind. Uh, we want. We definitely are looking to add a female cast member. Um, yeah. Finding if we can figure out a way to boot Tyler again. Can you? Can you do great. something well, though? Great, like yeah. you explained it. I think you wrote about it. But can you explain like why it's not just as automatic as just finding somebody that's funny yeah people people think like just i mean i actually had a friend she she removed the comments after i we talked offline about it but i she was just like we posted pictures from our christmas party mm-hmm. and there was like four of four dudes five of us with you and and uh yeah four and then including you yeah yeah, yeah, so. yeah sorry <laughs> so five dudes four dudes and chad were, were in the picture and 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 my friend was like you need at least two women and you know this slot and that slot needs to be filled and all stuff and I'm like I, I get it I want yeah. I want a I want a diverse range of perspectives yeah. um, over I, the, over our 12 years of publishing I've had a female editorial director for 11 of them yeah and I'm used to working arm in arm with a strong visionary female editor right. editorial voice. And we lost that this year. Roxanne Weeman was on our team, and she moved on to other opportunities. And we haven't yet filled the slot. And I feel a tangible hole there, for sure. Um, The thing that I'm not going to do, and I don't think it'd be wise to do, is just, oh, you are a specific gender. I will slide you in. Right. I, I, I want to make sure that there's a missional fit. There's a 360 thing here. This podcast is not a full-time job. This right. podcast is an hour of our week. And right. the team largely that's on it have has a lot of other things going on right. and has a connection to the brand. So, you know, obviously I'm the publisher and Chad's the producer. Uh, Tyler and Jesse are editors on our staff. Um, John Acuff and Eddie are our outside voices and they bring different perspectives. I wanted, and uh, uh, those who have listened a long time, we had Josh Loveless for quite a while, mm-hmm. and he brought a ministry perspective that found I found very valuable, um, whether it be like this year dealing with some very tough topics. Okay. We're joking, and then, oh, yeah, we got, well, we got to talk about divorce. We have to right. talk about death or very hard things. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't want my journalism majors to be the only voices speaking in. Again, right. a variety of perspectives right. and counsel. So having a pastoral voice is very important to me. And then what John has added is an interesting kind of non-relevant perspective mm-hmm. um, that has stirred the pot a little bit as well. 
I can't have nine people on the show. So that's the tough thing right now is, is that would just be chaos. Yeah, please. Yeah. Do not put. <laughs> so, so, so I'm, I'm out. <laughs> this is what I'm here. <laughs> and the other part of it is we lost something with so many people being remote voices. Right. You know, the three of us are sitting here in a studio and everybody else Skypes in and there's something that's tangibly lost. And I want to, again, not build more of our future being Skyped in outside voices. I want people who are in the trenches in the day to day with us right. who can collaborate and be part of the in-house experience. And so I am looking to hire an editor on our team and I can't limit it to only female candidates, Mm -hmm. but I know that there are certain intangibles that I'm looking for that I want added to our editorial perspective in this endeavor. And one of those things is that this person would be a good fit to join our podcast. I want somebody who can contribute. So it's a much bigger challenge yeah. to find the right fit because this person needs to be on camera for relevant TV. They need to be on our podcast. They need to be a great wordsmith and a visionary person who has a prophetic insight into what relevance supposed to be saying right. in the day-to-day. So uh, we're out there looking yeah. and we are not going to give up and we are going to find the right person and that person's going to be a great fit on our, our crew. And I don't mean to get too super spiritual about it, but I do kind of feel like people join the podcast at the moments they were supposed to like it mm. uh, like it doesn't surprise me that all of a sudden I'm on the show and you know a week later I'm having a conversation with Alan who I mean I'm, it's a personal issue with friends of mine and I'm talking with him and like all that stuff and then you and I are talking about on the front end and back end of sabbatical like I think there's kind of a movement that happens within this kind of mini community that we've built that I think the right person will surface at the right time and I, I, I look forward agree. but but to all the people that are commenting like you're right yeah. it's felt that it's that it there is isn't felt. a female this perspective is a boys club and it's needed and it would be great just to and, have that and yeah. we're all white i don't like that yeah that's so true. We, we need to d- that's they, really true. chad you're out sorry buddy. sorry buddy it's all right it's, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool i don't even care man that's fine <laughs> just freed up a lot of time in my week <laughs> Yeah, no, I. Yeah, it's a confusing. Plus, there's just a personality thing. Like we all get along. Like yeah. we all sat at the Christmas party together, and it was great because all five of us immediately were all like friendly and hanging out and chit chatting. You're like, oh, that's right. We all actually really like each other. So that, that's the key. Is yeah. like you can't just slide another stranger in. We would miss the dynamic. And and you know the show evolves, the crew evolves. Um, like you said, you know I feel like God's not surprised by anything. Um, and so there is definitely uh, to everything a season, and people are coming at the right time and. Um, contributing unique things. And, um, you know, this season is different than the last one. And it's going to be different than the next one. That's great. It's a journey. We've been doing it eight years. And if it was the same as it was eight years ago, that'd be really boring, yeah. you know? So uh, we're looking to continue to evolve things and keep moving forward. Um, 2014 is going to be a good year. We have um, a lot of stuff coming up, like um, in the works with Relevant TV in particular. I think the massive thing you're going to see from us deploy is going to be a lot more original video content, um, both geared toward mobile experiences and eventually living room experiences. So like stuff you can watch while you're driving down the road. Perfect. <laughs> That's really the sweet spot. So just episodes of scandal, just very dialogue driven, not a lot of scuffling An app and that I- only works <laughs> when the GPS senses you're going 50 miles an hour or faster. <laughs> It's the only yeah. time you can access the If you're media. turning the car too much, it's <laughs> going to shut down. It has yeah, to be kind of a straightaway. Straightaway, yeah. middle of the night yeah. in Florida. Yeah. So, yeah. So, a lot of, uh, we're going to be, we are in the works and have been for quite a while. And it's really frustrating that we've been talking about and working on this stuff for so long and not 
really much or anything as deployed other than some of the interviews and band performances. We have a lot more in motion and I'm excited for everybody to see that. Um, we are working a little foreshadowing. I'm going to just put it out there. We're working on a redesign of the magazine. Um, literally walked out of a meeting looking at new stuff uh, and to record this podcast. So we're working on a redesign of everything. It'll not just be the print magazine. It'll be the iPad, the website, everything. Um, we just launched our mobile site, our mobile-friendly, responsive site. So we are going to be working mm-hmm. on a lot of apps and developing apps this spring. And we will be taking relevant to all the devices, not just the iPad. Um, we will. We are actively Razor. working on... A Razor flip phone edition. <laughs> We're actively working on uh, a- a Google Play, you know, uh, t- Android tablet app experience and and Kindle Fire as well. So um, next year will be a year of deploying new ways to engage with our audience and hopefully then growing that. The reach. relevant drone essentially is about is being built in a back room. The magazine will be delivered to your doorstep by drone. Yeah, every, it'll just every month. It'll just be a chip that we upload it to you. It's just right there in your neck. You can see it in your Google Glass. Uh, just read. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really. It'll stoked. be fun, and then and then we have already ideas for 15 as well. So I'm excited. The best is yet to come. Me coming back from sabbatical is kind of a boost for me, and and jumping in on a lot of new, a lot of new stuff. And I think the, I think the public will start seeing it primarily in, in the spring, like March. I'm so excited about all of it. Good. I've heard about a few things. I'm stoked. Good. Well, Chad, it was a good year. Thanks for holding it down in my absence. Hey, man. hey, can I say one thing before we go? Before oh, we, yeah. yeah, we got a we got a box. We got mail. We did, and, get and mail. we love mail, and we got to acknowledge it. End of the year, we it's getting cold everywhere but here. So, so what are these hats called? Uh, uh, toques. Toques. So apparently, and I saw the picture of it a long time ago. You guys got like last a year, year. ago. Got it's last year. Yeah. You all got toques, and there's a picture of it online. Well, the uh, the Rigier Rigier family, Jason and Aaliyah. And their three kids were kind enough to make the new, the new editions uh, toques. So I got a red and white one with, John, a, with a big puffy snowball on top, which I love it. And then uh, John got a blue one, and then Tyler got a denim one. Which <laughs> so he really, can go triple denim. That's it makes me really happy. And they sent us candy. So that's a nice way to end the year. It's just a nice gift. It's well, great. that was actually a, a reminder of how awesome our listeners are. I mean, just oh, on man. on Twitter, little packages like this. It has been a blast. Like we feel like. We're in a relationship with you guys. We feel like we're friends. So supportive. They've been so supportive of you. They've been so kind yeah. over the last week. They're just they engaged. They love it. They're the best. I love it. They really are the best. We don't get a lot of mean ones. We block those. So we're yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, uh, Chad, thank you for holding it down and uh, letting me. Uh, well, all of you guys holding it down. Let me go on a sabbatical for three months. It was a much needed time of rest and space and yeah. um, recharging. And, and and I did not listen to anything you did. But still have to answer for things like Candy Talk. Right. So it was the best thing <laughs> of 2013, period. I don't mean to be whatever, because I know all the bands and the talking people were great. But I mean, here's the, here's the thing. Valentine's Day yeah. is right around the corner. Right. We got so a Valentine's edition coming up. You know is. you can't be a part of it. It's going to be after you. You got to get out of the studio for this. That's you, fine. You got to get out of the way. That's <laughs> fine. I can get out of the way. Get him out of the building. <laughs> You, you can't hear it. You can't have final say in it. All right. You would hate every second of it. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. So, so yeah, that's another thing to look forward to. We're going to do all this amazing new innovation in right, 2014. Google and YouTube and yeah. then a couple of idiots talking about candy yeah, for candy 10 talk minutes. Valentine's Day edition. <laughs> candy talk Valentine's Day edition. Circle oh, it on your calendars, folks. It's come to this. Wow. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. This year, the, the podcast grew and grew and grew. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Those, those. Yeah. 
awesome companies who make this possible. Um, we invest a lot of time into making this. I mean, uh, Chad's time and, and, and the facilities and the equipment and bandwidth, the download, and the more it grows, the more it costs. And um, it's awesome that we have sponsors that have supported the show and care about our audience like Squarespace and Warby Parker and Audible.com and Fracture, and, and Fracture Me and all so many others. They um, have stood with us and they make this possible. So support our sponsors. and. Yeah. Uh, and while you're at it, supporting people, get our magazine. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm holding the brand new edition. It's pretty neat, huh? Malcolm Gladwell on the cover. So good. So a year of relevant is only 15 bucks. You get the print magazine, you get immediate access to the iPad edition. You get four albums throughout the year. You get, uh, all the magazine content online for free. Um, and, and you're keeping our lights on. It's a good magazine. We think you'll like it. Head over to relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe, get the magazine. It's a good way to kick off the new year. Um, Autograph picture of your favorite podcast member. <laughs> Throw that in there. Be, that would be you, Eddie. We did that. <laughs> we did that in years past. No way. Okay, we've been doing this show since 05. I th- I'd say the the initial wave heyday was 06, 07. It was when Adam Smith, Jesse Carey, Kara Davis, and I were all in studio. Yeah. And that's when we figured out how weird this could be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we got this little cult following. The audience was probably about a tenth of what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, we had probably 60,000 people downloading the show. Now it's times 10. And so a million. people would just show up at the office and bring us Frosties because we went on a rant about Wendy's Frosties one time. People would mail us f- weird food from around the world. We just had this amazing, like fun, interactive relationship with our listeners. And we decided to go down to the Sears Portrait Studio and shoot a cast photo. Oh, I've seen, that. seen that. I've seen that, yeah. And it is so perfectly... I love it. Creepy. Bad. Yeah. It, it was I wonderful. Really... We we printed them out as full-size posters. No. And for a month or so, if you subscribed to Relevant, a signed copy was sent to you. The funny thing was, is the people who had never heard of the show... And just got a picture just... of these random people. <laughs> signed. And like we're all like writing on them things like you know, never quit. And like, and then we'd sign it or yeah, like inspirational. Yeah. It's so random. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so the people who are in on the joke, we get feedback that some people like still have them up in their cubicles or whatever. Oh, you know, somebody like, tweet a picture of that. Yeah. I would love to see that. And then, and then like we got these random emails from people going, hi, I just got your magazine and this, <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to get this. this <laughs> that's incredible. I don't know what oh it is. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so so quickly, our circul- our very smart circulation and marketing team said, uh, maybe we need to not do that to all of the new subscriptions. Right. Just people that yeah. somehow have somehow some podcast the connection. secret podcast thing. Yeah. We, so we couldn't figure that out. So we That's didn't hilarious. do it. hilarious. Anyway, so we could do that. Yeah. We could do that. We figure out a way to do that. Yeah. Have you seen those? Have you seen those uh, paintings on Society Six's website where it's like formal old military oil paintings? Mm-hmm. Didn't and you? Yeah. yeah. And then they'll, they'll, she'll paint in the same style or they'll paint in the same style like famous yeah. non sequitur faces. Like, I just bought one it was like this old colonel on uh, oil uh, it's built and it's bill murray's face yeah, i love it I love so it. much what, I, if, what if we do that for the cast yeah that like, or we recreate classic christian uh album covers like like free at last or something yeah I mean, we could do something like that dude we recreate every, every DC talk DC album talk cover album cover but i go with supernatural <laughs> done i'm gonna call supernatural i want to be on free and free at last <laughs> i'm gonna go with new thing yeah. god is doing it <laughs> anyway 
Yeah. Um, yeah. We so could do something. We'll like figure that, that out. Year. All right. So maybe 2014. It's 2014. already happening. Brainstorming. There you go. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, 2013 was a memorable year. I'm not going to say great. It was a memorable year. Here's to an incredible 2014. <laughs> I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. For Jesse Carey, for John Acuff, for Tyler Huckabee, and over there, our Lester Schuster, for Chad Michael Snavely. And for Candy Talk. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com. holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the happiest season of all. Oh, darn it, I'm out of oregano. Hurry, run to Marshall, to the spice section. Get out, you fools, the bridge is out. Well, that ought to shine some light on the situation. Yeah! If John Lovitz is in it, it holds up. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why the internet was invented. Just take it, you big dumb whale. Don't blame me. I voted for a dance party. If the hallmark of quality and innovation that is Marshall's has put their stamp of endorsement on this, sir, I'm in. Just got back sweating in the gym. No big deal. Here's my new 5K time. Mr. President, take your hands off my tabbouleh. You get out there and you tell people what they want. And if they don't want to hear it, you yell louder. Crossfire, you'll get caught up in the crossfire! The minute I smell trouble or my own burning flesh, I'm out of there. If I want to walk down the street in a homemade Spider-Man costume and demand people give me money, well, freedom. Free made free. I'll just say from experience, you know, having these kind of looks, it, it's a burden. Tyler Huckabee, wild card. Who shall fit my neck properly for this hemp necklace? I can see you. Keep playing it. Keep going. What's years and years of, of hard work and research when you have the opinion of Suzanne Summers? I'll see you at the abandoned show just past midnight, Jack. What's the deal with warp whistles? You miss like half the game. Feathers and denim, not a good combination. Doesn't breathe well. Cheese. Do you have any alien cheese? I would love some. Call the Secretary of Health. Have him draft me a certificate. You were invited to the Law Log Lodge? I've made a huge mistake. Someone help me. The Falcon's out of control. That's why I don't like the Olympics, because we got our own sports we invented. I believe in freedom, what a motorcycle represents. If I want to get on a hog and just tear through town, Uncle Sam ain't stopping me. You know, if you don't own your Dot Christmas, you're really not looking out for your online security, guys. The simple games you can play with pen and paper, tic-tac-toe talk. You could spend an afternoon watching LARPing videos on YouTube. I know from experience, dude. Mackle, what's his name? And Busta, who's that? I wish clowns would come to my door and, and ask to do household chores. Are you watching Murder, She Wrote? You've arrived when there's a, a three-ton mammal doing a choreographed dance routine to music you composed. What, what are you wearing, hot shot? That guitar riff was a weapon of mass destruction. Your Honor, send me and my son away to prison. Ship us away. But whatever you do, please don't let the Boy Scouts eject us. TMI. Giving shows a physical display of affection. It's just getting me nowhere in this balloon animal job. We've just ran some numbers. Once again, we have several bounce checks from you. 
Someone's not getting a 3D business greeting card. Your comments are not appreciated. Where's my other shoe, Eddie? I'm fully dressed and staring at other people, so I'm out of my comfort zone a little bit. Other firework names include Up in Smoke, Big Red One, Shriller, Phantom Sea Blue Candle, Flaming Spear, Silver Salute Head Bomb, 90 Second Crackling Assault, Hocus Pocus, Pyro Pinnacle, Vector 9 Rockets, 8 Second Ride, Corruption, Delirium, Horseshoe Crab, and Delta Fire. Have a safe 4th of July, kids. When I do a podcast, I leave it all on the court.